0: What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com snatch Dallas and, of course, Primetime, as always, brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them, the ride of the week, and the stat of the week as we do every Wednesday night uh, in a few minutes here into the show. But welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. Let's talk about the running game, shall we? Let me shout out some people here before we do that. Uh, We've got Jessica Villarreal. We've got uh, 7-Eleven. We've got Steven White saying Rush and Roulette. I love that. Uh, we've got Tammy over at Facebook. We've got uh, Gregory as well in here. Joey Vella, Dallas Junk saying Tyler Smith has been so much fun to watch. Man, that 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 is a perfect segue into the first question of the night, which is how would you grade a Cowboys running game so far? We're three weeks into the season. The Cowboys are looking like they can run the football constantly and, and consistently. How would you grade it? Let me know your answers in the chat. I am curious about that. You know, Ezekiel Elliott is averaging 4.5 yards per carry. That, if you put the whole running back debate aside, it kind of uh, it, it is a very good number for seek So whether you are on the Pollard side of things or the 50-50 side of things, it really doesn't matter. 4.5 rushing yards per carry is pretty crazy. Tony Pollard is at 5.6, by the way, speaking of that. Uh, So let me know, how would you grade it? Let's see, Eddie does say that he believes that the Cowboys still need to run the football more. Uh, Toxic Tom goes with the B, six to midnight, six plus. Gregory with the A, Dallas Young with the numerical grade. He goes with eight. Uh, Great, says Stephen White. B minus for 7-Eleven. We've got an A from Stephen White. Uh, Craig says B. Peter Rizzo says B plus. Bruce says B plus. Mike Williams with the B. Uh, Asmodeus with the A. So you know, on average, between B and an A, according to the comments so far here, including from Trigger uh, Daddy Williams, who goes with the A, I will give it a B plus. I'm not not ready to go to the A side of things, but I'm gonna give it an a B plus, And I'm going to tell you that I believe this running game is definitely legit because we are seeing multiple reasons for their success. The Cowboys right now have the fourth best rushing offense measured by Football Outsiders DVOA, which is an efficiency me- uh, metric that takes into account the situation of the game, whether the play is successful or not, whether it moves the sticks and all of that they have the fourth best rushing attack in the league and the Cowboys offensive line is surprisingly legit that was one of the biggest question marks heading into the season and so far they rank as a top 10 offensive line by pro football focus grade, which I know it's not perfect but it gives you an idea of where things stand. They are the ninth best pass-blocking offensive line in the league, and they have the sixth best run-blocking offensive line in the league. Tyler Smith is as legit as they come. I think that Cowboys Nation has moved on from that conversation. We like Tyler Smith. Everyone in Cowboys Nation does, even though there will be some growing pains, as we knew there would be with a player that still has to develop the technique and all of that. But the guy is moving people around. He is getting out in space, running uh, step for step alongside Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and just blasting defensive backs, getting to the second level. He's been amazing. And overall, the Cowboys are mixing it up as well. The Cowboys, and this might be nitpicking. I'll give you that, and this might be uh, one of those stats that you want to take with a grain of salt, but something as simple as pulling offensive linemen. In 2021, Ezekiel Elliott had 53 rushing attempts in which the Cowboys had a pulling lineman. Uh, Pollard had 30. That is over the course of an entire season. By 2022, in just three games, Sick is already at 16. Such rushing attempts. Pollard, it's at seven. If they, if they keep this pace up, those numbers would will be significantly higher by the time the season is over. And I think that speaks to the creativity that you're seeing behind the Cowboys uh, running game. And of course, you can see it for yourself, right? You see things like uh, Tony Pollard motioning to the backfield and then getting the carry while Tyler Smith pulls to the outside of the numbers. Uh, blasting people once more, as we as we talked about earlier. You're seeing the Cowboys load up the line of scrimmage on the right side and then run to the left side like they did in that uh, big gainer for Tony Pollard when Jason Peters entered the field. We're seeing uh, the rookies get involved in the blocking as well. We're seeing them use Cavante Turpin as a distraction when they motion him out. And it just seems... Fresh, that's the word that I would probably use for the Cowboys running game. Uh, The play that we're seeing right now, for example, that's a third and long play in which the Giants are showing blitz. And Michael Goulton reported that Cooper Rush actually checked into that run. It's just a Cowboys running game that's got answers. Now, sure, you want to wait. You want to see it be consistent. I agree with all of that. I want to see this Cowboys running game. Work the way that it has worked when we get to week 9, week 10 of the season. But so far, I would argue this is a very different running game from what we have seen over the past couple of years. Where these changes come from, honestly, I don't know. Some people will say that that's uh, McCarthy getting in Kellen Moore's ear. Some people will say that this is all Kellen Moore. I don't know. And I think that it's tough to know. Uh, midseason, we don't know how all of that works but it does go to show you that the Cowboys did have some sort of plan when they targeted Tyler Smith in the NFL draft and I was one among those that second guessed that draft pick because I wasn't in love with the pick I thought that there were better players available on the draft board but the Cowboys you know they stuck to their guns as they usually do and when it comes to the draft we usually end up praising the work that the Cowboys do in April. Just being fair, that's one of the strengths of this front office. And Tyler Smith is one of the biggest examples of why that's paying off. And the Cowboys running game right now is clicking on all cylinders. Uh, you're getting uh, Noah Brown and even CeeDee Lamb involved in the blocks. I like what we've seen from the Cowboys running game so far. I think that's more or less becoming a strength. Now, Toxic Tom says, based on all the games or just the Giants mode, I would include the Bengals game. To be fair, I would I would include the, the Bengals game. I, I don't think that I would include the Tampa Bay Bucks one. Uh, you know, nothing worked out offensively for the Cowboys. The game plan was clearly not working at any level. So I don't think that we could include that one. And of course, the Cowboys were forced to pass the football a lot once they were down in the scoreboard significantly, which is the risk of running the football and depending on the run that much. But I would include the Bengals there, uh, Toxic Tom. I think that the Cowboys actually ran the football well versus Cincinnati. Now, this does raise significant questions, and I was seeing one of your comments before the stream even began. Uh, shout out to 7-Eleven. Let me see if I can let me see if I can uh find that a comment real quick. 7-Eleven says. What happened is that when Dak went down, they started sticking with the run more. And the same needs to happen when Dak comes back. I think there's some sort of balance, right? I think there's a middle ground that Cowboys will be forced to find once number four comes back. Because I also don't think that a game plan needs to look exactly the same as it looks like right now for Cooper Rush. Because there are things that Dak can do that Cooper can't. So I think it's about a middle ground. Uh, don't ask Dak Prescott to put on a cape, run out to the playing field and be a superhero for the Dallas Cowboys, which at times felt like what the Cowboys were asking him to do. And throughout the offseason, they also kind of reinforced that message, but not by not bringing in any big name wide receiver free agents or any offensive line signings or things like that. Don't ask him to do that once he comes back. But also don't keep it as conservative as you are with, uh, with Cooper Rush. It's about a middle ground. And I think that that's going to be very interesting to see once that comes back, whether that is in week six or week five, whenever it is. Let's, let's, let's see that, right? Now, that's not to take any credit away from Cooper Rush that although he's not being asked to do much, Man, his stats and his numbers and PFF grades, they're all pretty impressive. Even his grades and his numbers when he's blitz, for example, and I didn't write them down, but Cooper Rush has done impressively well versus the blitz, which is something that you wouldn't necessarily expect from a backup quarterback. So it's not only that, you know, the Cowboys are doing this, or putting together this perfect game plan for Cooper Rush. It's also that Rush is actually kind of uh, killing it out there on the playing field. You need to give him some credit, of course. Nicholas says exactly what Cooper Rush is doing. He has to play better than what we have now, says Nicholas. Uh, Cooper Rush is wearing a cape and getting it done right now, says Nicholas. Dak has to be better. Oh, and Dak, Dak is a better quarterback than Cooper Rush. And that's not to take any uh, merit away from Cooper uh, I think that's that's more than clear. But definitely you need to get your starting quarterback, Dak, in a more comfortable position than what you were doing before. And I think that's something that the Cowboys will learn after these first uh, few weeks of the season without Dak. And, you know, Brian Baldinger has talked about it. A lot of, of people have talked about this idea, and it will be something to monitor very closely when Dak does come back. Let's see, Cowboys Nation. Cowboys Nation says saludos. Yeah. So we've got a, a, a greeting in Spanish here. Saludos y bendiciones, mi Mauricio. Puro Chivas. For those that are not uh familiar, Chihuahua is short for Chihuahua, which is where I am from. Uh, I want to kill him more to be a more friendly with the running game, ball position, letting Lions relax, ready for a tree and out, says Cowboys Nation. There you go. Uh saludos. What do you do if he wins the next two games? says Russell. If he goes out there and he wins in the next six games uh, because it takes longer than expected for Dak or something like that, Dak is still your starting quarterback. Let's, I, I think that uh, some people have com- uh, compared it with the 2016 season and all of that. Let, let me be very clear. That's not happening. That's not even a, a conversation. The context is quite different. The Cowboys – 2016 season offensively for Dak and and just to give you an example statistically when you look at it from an efficiency standpoint and all of that that was one of the best rookie quarterback seasons of all time that was not Dak holding on to games and you know getting his money's worth holding down the fort for Tony Romo in 2016 No, Dak had one of the best rookie seasons for a quarterback of all time. I think that sometimes we kind of get that confused. So if you believe for a second that there will be a quarterback controversy in Dallas when Dak Prescott comes back, let me be very, 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 very clear. There won't. There won't be. I think that's important to know. I think that's something that a Cowboys nation should be aware of. So, yeah. Uh, Dexter Williams, though, says when Dak returns, we have to give Dak the same protection as we did Cooper Rush. Cooper plays like he plays because he knows the offense, because he has played with them in the preseason since Dexter Williams, and because he has been around for five years, right? And that's, a, that's an amazing bet from the Cowboys coaching staff that most of us disagreed with just – Sticking with uh, Cooper Rush, not adding another backup quarterback. Ironically, when the Cowboys did add a backup quarterback, it didn't work out for them in Andy Dalton. Remember that? Bruce says, but Mo giving Dak credit is against the narrative. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm still surprised, of course, that uh, this seems to be a conversation. So I thought that it was important to remind uh, some people that it it, it really isn't, you know. Anyways, I do like what the Cowboys are doing, running the football. I do think that it is kind of legit. And that's something that I wanted to touch on before turning the page and looking forward to the Washington Commanders. Because that's next for Dallas. And we always do an early look segment on Tuesdays. On a regular week, but with all of the Monday night recap, and since we didn't have a Monday night show, we we kind of had to have an early look on on Wednesday. So the whole the whole week is a mess calendar-wise when, when the Cowboys play on Monday night, at least that's how I perceive it. But the Cowboys are three-point underdogs versus the Washington Commanders, for those of you who are wondering. Uh, the total is at 41 and a half currently, So yet another low-scoring game is expected for the Cowboys and an NFC East rival. And it's crazy because uh, as I think back to that preview versus the Bengals and to that preview that we did versus the Giants, it's kind of a similar conversation, right? Low-scoring affairs, the Cowboys need to run the football, the Cowboys' defense needs to win the game, all of that, right? But... That's just the kind of games that the Cowboys need to be involved in. The next couple of weeks, life will get tougher, man, for for Dallas Cowboys and for Dallas Cowboys fans. Uh, It won't be a similar conversation when we get into the L.A. Rams, when we get into the Philadelphia Eagles conversations, Uh, we, we might... Need to be getting ready for some reality checks over the next couple of weeks. But so far, uh, let's talk about the Washington Commanders. They're not having a good time. They really are not. The Cowboys, right now, according to DVOA, are the sixth best team overall in the NFL. They have the 15th most efficient offense and the eighth most efficient defense. That's just to give you some perspective for the next. uh, Oh, Did I say underdogs? Jessica, I'm sorry. Three-point favorites, as you can see in the graphic. Maybe I did say three-point underdogs. I'm sorry if I did. But yeah, the Cowboys are three-point favorites. As soon as I saw Jessica's comment, I realized that I said underdog. But yeah, you can actually see that in the graphic. The Cowboys are uh, three-point favorites for Sunday, just to be clear. Shout out to Jessica for the correction. Anyways, just to give you perspective, the Cowboys are the sixth best team overall in team efficiency measured by DVOA. The Commanders are 32nd in the NFL. They have the 29th most efficient offense. The 29th most efficient defense. They are struggling. And they do have one win. And they have one win versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are also clicking on all cylinders. Trevor Lawrence is giving them what they wanted originally. Looking like the number one draft pick that was claimed to be the best since Andrew Locke rolled into town. He's looking like such, by the way, if you if you watch the tape, you will see a quarterback in full control of his offense. I'm excited about Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Uh, but that week one game, they kept shooting themselves in the foot. I think that more than a game that Washington managed to win, and I don't say this as a hater or anything like that, uh, it was a game in which, Jacksonville found a way to lose it. They had the lead. They struggled in third down. They only moved the chains three times in 12 attempts. They actually outgained the commanders in first downs. They had more yards per play. Uh, The Jaguars averaged over six yards per play versus the commanders and still managed to lose the game. It wasn't a pretty game for the commanders either. And you probably know by now uh, the Commanders have allowed a lot of sacks, nine sacks last week, for example, versus the Eagles. But I will tell you something, though. That offensive line is not as bad as it seems. And you see a lot of the sacks are Carson Wentz's responsibility. So there is that. The Commanders, though, might be the biggest test yet. For these Dallas Cowboys pass rush. And last night I had a show. About the Cowboys being the. The the Cowboys pass rush being the most dangerous unit in the NFL. Because I do believe objectively that they have a claim to be so. But Toxic Tom. Who is one of the most loyal. Loyal uh, subscribers to ADC Sports Dallas posed a question to me that I thought that was very interesting that he says, who is the best offensive line that the Cowboys have faced yet? And I thought it was a good question. Uh, You know, we're three weeks into the season, so there's not a lot to talk about. But according, going by pass blocking rate from Pro Football Focus, the Cowboys have faced the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have the 23rd best rated offensive line, the Cincinnati Bengals, who have the 25th best rated offensive line and the New York Giants have the 30th, 30th uh, best rated offensive line. So, you know, bottom 12 units, bottom 12 units uh, and two bottom eight units to be more precise. The commanders actually will roll into AT&T Stadium as the 12th best pass blocking offensive line In the NFL, how does that make sense when Carson Wentz was sacked nine times? As you guys know, sacks are also a quarterback stat. And at least five of those, at least five of those sacks are all on Carson Wentz. So this is actually a legit offensive line that the Cowboys will go up against. That's the the best, the biggest test that this Cowboys unit has faced so far. And that's a matchup to watch. That, to me, is the matchup to watch. Can the Cowboys keep at it with Michael Parsons, with the Marcus Lawrence? Can Dan Queen keep finding ways to generate one-on-ones, which is what has really di- differentiated the Cowboys' pass rush from everyone else in the NFL, in my opinion? 7-Eleven says, "Yep, yeah, Dallas has not faced a good offensive line yet. And that is true. Does that mean that the pass rush is a fraud? Not necessarily. We will find out. That is why I'm super excited about Sunday's matchup. Jonathan says, I meant to say, Stephen, what year did the Cowboys win their last Super Bowl? Says Jonathan. Uh, I don't know if he said, uh, what year did the Cowboys win their last Super Bowl? Unfortunately, I was not even alive, people. Uh, I I want to see this Cowboys team win the Super Bowl someday. I, I know that Toxic Tom things that I am hopeful that they will. I'm not calling this Cowboys team to, to win the Super Bowl. I, I really am not or anything like that. Uh, there are a couple of tiers below, maybe the Super Bowl favorites. But let's get to the playoffs first. Let's get to the playoffs first, right? <laughs> let's see. Uh, wonder where uses has been since Gregory. I haven't seen him in a while. Hope that he is okay. Uh, Bruce is actually here. According to him, uh, this is Bruce. 89. Uh, it's a good thing Washington is wearing their black uniforms. That way you can see <laughs> Carson's busy himself this pass rush. Are they? Are they wearing the black uniforms? The commanders are? Those are, I'll give them that. I thought those were pretty badass when they announced them. I did like the, the black uniforms. The Cowboys' defense is better than the Birds. Things are about to get ugly for Washington. Dallas will win, says uh, Russell. Now, of course, of course, tomorrow night, make sure that you tune into primetime because tomorrow night is when we will drop those predictions. I am nervous because now there's an undefeated streak that we need to take care of. Uh, every Thursday night, we... Put together betting the Cowboys and we have one bet one bet for the game and you can choose either side of the spread uh the over under I don't know if we're if I'm going to allow myself to give player props I don't like player props at all uh but we're three and oh week one we took the under week two we took uh Cowboys plus seven despite 83 percent of the bets being on the Bengals and Week three, we took the Cowboys, plus one. I am sort of undecided so far for for this week's game because the Cowboys are at minus three and a half. Uh, uh, no, minus three. I think a, uh, there was a point in which that jumped to minus three and a half, which is something that I'm not a fan of. Uh, three is perhaps the single most important number when it comes to football betting. I, I am undecided. And I don't like total either, 41 and a half. So I still have about 24 hours to figure that one out and try to keep that undefeated streak going on, betting the Cowboys. We'll see how how that goes. And, of course, we also do the actual game preview, not only the bets. We're not uh, degenerate gamblers. I mean, we kind of are, but we're not going to admit it because that would take away from it. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> Let's see. I would take the Unders as Toxic Tom. Mike says that he would take Cowboys minus three. Travis says, nobody has a star power like we do. Championship coming home to Dallas with the belongs. Shout out to Travis Jones who always brings it. How is Lawrence's ankle? Says Dexter Williams? That's a good question. I think that tomorrow's injury report. Uh, And and he said post-game that he would be ready to go. I'm not sure that that will be a super concern heading into game day, but I think that tomorrow's injury report is one to watch for sure. We'll talk about it on primetime at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, Money line is safe, says Cowboys, Chris. It is, but we're we're not doing money lines. We're doing minus 110 odds only on betting the Cowboys. Because otherwise, I feel like I would cheat and I would, you know, take money lines in here, because if you do only minus 110 odds, you need to aim for a 52.4% hit rate to be profitable, to break even. Uh, So that's the goal. And I think that's easier to keep track of is if we just go by minus 110 odds. I would take the money line otherwise for sure. Now, Stephen White says to run on Washington is not easy. Now, and, and maybe we'll talk more about this tomorrow night. But I will say this, the the commander's defense has not been the same since 2020. And I was reading this analysis by Deante Lee, which is a great analyst, defensively speaking, more than anything, for The Athletic. And in a mailbag, he actually discussed Washington's defense. And he discussed that one of their biggest weaknesses right now is the fact that they're static. If you look at the NFL right now and you look at the top defenses, they're all doing the same. They are aggressively rotating their safeties. So all this talk about too high defenses and too high shells, that doesn't mean necessarily that teams are playing too high coverages, right? That just means that that's the pre-snap look that they're giving you. That doesn't mean that they won't rotate and maybe play cover three or cover one and change the picture for the opposing quarterback. Washington doesn't seem to do that. Uh, the pre-snap picture that the commanders are going to give you, for some reason, is the same as they will post-snap. And that predictability and maybe that uh, desire to be static is killing them over, and has been killing them over the past couple of years. They have time to change that. They have time to figure that out. I thought that was a pretty, pretty insightful take by DeAntley. Lee. And that hurts them both in the running game and the passing game. Because if you're not getting a light box, uh, if you're getting a stacked box, excuse me, you know that they're not going, you know that they're not trying to fool you. They're just lined up because that's what they're going to play. And they're just letting you know. That that impacts both areas of the game. Something to watch for sure on Sunday. Pretty crazy to see that, Everyone is rotating their safeties aggressively, except for Washington for some reason. Hope that Parsons says RITA. Uh, hope that Parsons is feeling better than 60%. It's gonna be hard running on that Washington defensive line. Uh, that 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 was a toxic comment. Rate the play of Leighton Vanderish so far, most says Asmodeus. I actually want to zero in on him uh, during an all-22 session, but I will tell you this. My early impression is that he's kind of killing it. He is, he's showing some range. He's showing some uh, very good tackling. I I don't see him whiffing. Uh, I don't see him missing tackles. I think that Bandarish has been a surprising positive this season so far. Even in the week one, lost the box. I thought that he got overly criticized. I thought that I actually... LVE looked quite well. So I would say that uh, without diving into the tape so far and zeroing in on number 55, I will tell you that both LVE and Anthony Barr have been pleasant surprises over the first few weeks, especially because they have a lot on their plate. Uh, Versus the Bengals, you saw LVE drop into deep coverages Uh, They were running Tampa, too, with LVE as a linebacker. I never thought that they were going to ask him to do that. Uh, Parsons, I wasn't surprised when they did in 2021. But in 2022, to see LVE running those deep zones and getting there and running step-by-step with Tyler Voigt and T. Higgins at times versus the Bengals, I thought that was pretty impressive. So I I do like like, uh, how LVE has played. But, anyways, let's get into the Freeman stat of the week real quick here before we get out of here. Big Boss Man says LVE has been okay. His problem is that Micah makes him look slow. Hey, you, you can get, you might get Uzaim Bolt in there and he might look slow next to Micah Parsons. <laughs> Stephen White says LVE is solid. We are good. We get more linebackers later on. Tarek disagrees. He says, LVE sucks. He can't shed a block to save his life. Cut it out. He's the weakest piece to the defense. I I would disagree. I would disagree. Honestly, I think that he has played well. Anyways, let's get into the Freeman stat of the week. Speaking of the defense, uh, as always, this one is presented by Freeman Mazda. So let's get to it. (music) The Freeman Mazda stat of the week. The Cowboys defense, for some reason, has been known as a bend but don't break unit. Even at the beginning of the year, it looked like that was going to be the case as they allowed three red zone trips for the Tampa Bay Bucks and only allowed one touchdown conversion. That hasn't really been the case, though. The Cowboys actually rank at the top of the league in red zone trips allowed. They've only allowed four of those so far in the 2022 season. And again, three of those came in week one versus the uh, versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, they have played the Cincinnati Bengals, led by Joe Burrow, an offense that's still figuring things out, and they have played the New York Giants. You have a lot of problems on offense. Yet, they have allowed only four red zone trips versus opponents, three of those versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is more than just a bend but don't break defense that we're talking about here. This is a team that's not letting opponents get there in the first place. And that in turn, of course, means better field position for your, opposing, uh, for your offense. It means less time on the field for the defense. Just overall quality of football. And as we continue to talk about this defense's success... This is yet another reason to be excited about the unit, in my opinion. This is more than a bend but don't break unit. They're not even bending at this point. And you see the pass rush work. You see Trevon Diggs shining in coverage. Because by the way, he has shined in coverage so far. Anthony Brown doing the same. And keep in mind, the Cowboys... Do not have Jaron Kears, have not had Jaron Kears for the past couple of games. The guy that Dan Queen himself said, I don't ask more from any other player than Kears. 7 Eleven says Diggs could have had three interceptions. I mean, I can think of at least another one, right? Other than the one that he did, the one that he was frustrated about versus the, versus the New York Giants. So, I agree there. So, my question from me to you is from one to 10, what is your confidence level for this defense sustaining its success throughout the entire year? Let me know in the comments whether you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let me know what you think. From one to 10, what's your confidence level for the defense sustaining its success so far? And while you do that, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about the guys that are bringing you this stat of the week, Freeman Mazda, because the ride of the week is the 2022 CX-30 select a vehicle that starts at $26,895, all wheel drive, Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control, backup camera, and a blind spot monitor and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. If you check it out at Freeman Mazda, You can see the interior pictures, the outside pictures of the CX-30, select a really premium vehicle that's worth checking out on FreemanMazda.net. And when you choose Freeman Mazda, remember that you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So that's the Freeman Mazda stat of the week brought to you by Freeman Mazda. Let's see some of your comments here, some of your uh, confidence levels. Eight for Bruce. Mike Williams with the burning hot 10, Steven White with the 9, Toxic with the 7, 7-Eleven with the 7, uh, 6 of Midnight 7, Steven with the 10, 9.3, 7 for Jessica Red Facebook, Rita with the 7 to 8, Asmodeus with the 8. So, you know, high, highest scores for the Cowboys defense so far. If we bench LVE 8, says I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't think it should happen either. LVE still doing a nice job. Sorry sorry to break it to you, but he is. Uh, I'm going to go with an 8 as well. I think, I mean, you, you heard me say this last night. I think this pass rush is more than legit. I think that they're actually one of the most dangerous units in the league. And I think that Trevon Diggs has impressed in coverage. Another... Opportunity to own Terry McLaurin, by the way, on Sunday versus the Commanders. We'll see. Uh, Now, I do agree with Toxic. Offense needs to pick it up to help the defense. The offense is a question mark. I agree with that because, as excited as we are about Cooper Rush and all of that, uh, there are some question marks that need to be addressed. But, anyways, thank you. Thank you for joining the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Hit the like button. Uh, Stephen White says, Asmodeo sounds better when Mo says it. Do I, am I pronouncing it correctly, though? Let me know, Asmodeos, if I am. Because I am pronouncing it in Spanish, to be honest. <laughs> there you go. Do me a favor. Hit the like button if you like the show. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. And that's the biggest thing that you can do to help me out. And it takes about one second. That's the best part doesn't take too much. Aaron Judge has 61 home runs. Let's go. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central to talk about some bets and some Commanders-Cowboys football. First ever, by the way. First ever game versus the Commanders. Thank you very much. I will see you tomorrow. Adios. Nos vemos. Feliz miércoles. Adios. 61 home runs for Aaron Judge.